Friends, and welcome to Outlaw Gamer Radio, the official podcast of OutlawGamers.com. This is the show where we live to play and play to live. I'm Britt Adams, joined by a man who also has multiple tether points, although he doesn't know what the hell a grapple hook is, Mr. Lord Baumgarten, Lauren! <laughs> What's up, Brent Adams? How's it going, man? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm good, man. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Lots of exciting stuff to look forward to in in just a, a little bit. We're going to talk about, obviously, Gamescom. We got that coming up over the oh, weekend. Yeah. We got some Mafia 3 announcement on the way sooner oh, yeah. rather than later. So there's just all kinds of cool stuff that's going to be happening after today when we record this show. <laughs> yes, that's Fucking right. News cycle assholes. But but we'll be here to we'll be here to talk about that too. That's true. Just going to have to uh, wait a little while on it. Um something that you're not going to have to wait a little while on if I could just hop on my Segway and go into the first story in the garage is the PC release of Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain because we have now found out that the PC Steam release of that game is now September 1st bringing it into Bring it into coalition, bring it into coalescence with the the console release of the fifth and final iteration of the Metal Gear franchise, at least probably under Kojima's stewardship. Yeah, they haven't said that. Uh, but it was originally going to come out on uh, September 15th, but uh, Konami, because they care so much about you as a company, as opposed to those poor bastards that work for them, Konami has, resp- has responded to calls from uh, PC users, this is from their press release, and worked towards an earlier release date. The PC edition will now be available for pre-order via Steam alongside the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, and Xbox 360 editions. Fans who pre-order their PC copies of Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain via Steam will also receive a copy of Metal Gear Solid Five: Ground Zeroes. All Steam customers will receive a collector's video which reveals behind-the-scenes footage and a unique documentary about how we chewed off our own nose to spite our face. No, wait, no, no, <laughs> I'm just gonna sorry. Say, it doesn't actually what do you, say that. What do you suppose the behind-the-scenes documentary looks like? Do you think it's like, do you think it's like just just constant images of them almost panning over to Kojima? It's, it's Kojima and sitting then like in a being, chair getting ready to talk and then people rush into the room and like knock the camera over with a baseball right, bat. Right, exactly. Or I had this no. image of... Of them showing Kojima with like a big yellow smiley face covering up his face. Yeah, but the smiley so you face is see covered who- in bandages. You know, so it all kind of is a big circle. That is interesting, though. I'm very curious. How do you do a behind the scenes on a game like MGS5 that takes years to develop? And you have to. Ass- I, I, do you think they're including him or not, Brett? I, I would have to think that then he has to have been a part of that up to a point, which was maybe a few months ago where he was no longer a part of it, but he had to have been part of the development process. So if they're creating a documentary, then I would presume that he's going to be involved in some way, but I'm getting, well, they excised his name from the game. But I'm guessing that, well, what I was going to say is I'm guessing that any interview footage they have of this is stuff they got over the course of the last few years. Oh, certainly prior prior to to this happening, going really, really wrong. But I just wondered if they'd literally try and make this behind-the-scenes video and not include it's him possible. in it. It's possible. I mean, it's totally possible. 
uh, I, I really would not be surprised one way or the other at this point. It'll be interesting to see. It's definitely good news uh, for PC gamers, obviously, that this is going to come out at the same time. I'll be curious to see what the quality of the game they is. They can find out how broken they... their PC release is uh, at the same time everybody else is enjoying their non-broken console release. It's right, be, like every other it's game. It's going to be great. Yeah. That's exactly right. I'm not cynical. Who are you, who are you talking <laughs> uh, about? Speaking of broken, Brent, <laughs> let me... Uh, what? You, where's the segue? Uh, just Cause Three. Still not getting the broken segue, unless you're talking about the face that somebody just got broken by Rico in his wingsuit. <laughs> I was actually alluding to the destruction in the game and how everything in the location is just completely destroyed. I don't know if broken, However, I don't know if broken really communicates the the amount of sheer destruction, high octane, wanton chaos that Just Cause Three is going to be dishing out. No, fair Broken's enough. not a strong uh, word. Uh, so we have a dev diary, Brent, coming from uh, Avalanche Studios for Just Cause 3. The dev diary, the title of the dev diary is, Who is Rico? Who cares? Uh, Rico, Rico's <laughs> the guy that holds the gun, that fires the grapple hook, that wears the wingsuit that leads to high-octane destruction. That's all you need well, to and know. In the first two games, that really was kind of the point. Is who's Rico? Who cares? But now it was. I actually, I actually thought it was really interesting Rico watching this brand and hearing them say, like, you know, in the first Just Cause, Rico did little more than mumble, and that was actually a conscious decision. I think a direct quote is in the first game, Rico is sort of a mumbling idiot, and that was intentional. <laughs> That's exactly right. I thought that was interesting. So I think I'm excited. So so what I really liked about this, Brent, so first of all, I liked what I really liked about this is that it was five minutes and 50 seconds of shit about Just Cause 3. Yeah, I have to agree. That's probably its strongest. That's probably the strongest. Uh, first and foremost, I did love to hear that they have 2,500 unique animations for Rico. That's kind of yeah. cool. But what I really liked the most about this, and, and I, actually I liked this, I like to watch the wingsuit. I love, I love the wingsuit. I love the way it's looking. Um, what I really liked, though, was hearing them talk about how um, while they're trying to give Rico more character, both graphically and uh, from a writing standpoint, uh, they always, uh, always had it in the forefront of their minds that it could never be at the expense of the responsiveness of the character. Yeah. Um, and I think that is that was of, of this whole video, which is just a lot of fun to watch. That was the most reassuring thing to me is that they recognize that they have a good thing going with regard to how how Rico moves through the world and how he needs to be able to shoot on a dime and that sort of thing when no matter what sort of physical situation he's in. And that was always uh, in the front of their minds when they were when they were going through and working on Rico. Uh, and it just makes me so excited that, that the game hopefully will run as smoothly uh, as the previous ones did and as smoothly as it looks to, uh, to be running in these videos. That's the sort of video game character I want to be behind the wheel of, so to speak. I want to be playing a video game character who can be doing all kinds of really cool things, but no matter what he's doing, I pull the trigger and he shoots someone. That is the kind of video game character that we need. All right? It's not the one that we deserve. It's the one that we need, Lauren. I also, I also thought it was really interesting how Avalanche was talking about looking back and trying to take all the things from Just Cause 2 that they thought were really, really working, and then how they could bring those into this new game, plug any holes, and, and, and find ways to to iterate on the gameplay and to innovate with things like the wingsuit, but also how they listened to their community. They talked about how the modding community for Just Cause 2 had... It basically had... had, had shown them that having multiple tether points for the grapple hook was the right way to go. 
And so that was something that they wanted to integrate as well. And, and just it, I, it inspires me with a, a fair degree of confidence when a developer can look back on previous games, which have certainly been successful, and know what made those games good as, as opposed to, you know, those kind of awkward moments where it feels like the people who made the game don't really know why people liked it. That's always sort of a letdown, but it seems like Avalanche Studios not falling into that category. Um, no. Somebody else who is listening to what their audience has to say is Sony. And Fanboy. you might not think that they're listening to what you have to say right now, but that's going to change soon because Vote to Play is just around the corner for PS Plus members. And this is going to allow those of you who are, uh, who are subscribers to PlayStation Plus to vote on one of the, one of the PS Plus free games that, of course, comes out each month. We're going to talk about uh, the games that are coming up in August towards the end of this show because there are definitely some cool ones there. But anyway, Vote to Play is going to let the PlayStation Plus subscriber base vote on one title that'll be uh, that'll be made available for free on PlayStation Plus. What do you think, Lauren? Is this, is this a good idea? Uh, I do think it's a good idea. I, you know, uh, Steam has been doing something similar to this for years during the Steam yes, sales. Yes, they have. Uh, where you get to vote on... Um, you know what's going on sale next, and I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, and it can be frustrating sometimes when the game you want uh, doesn't make it. Um, but especially if you already own the other two, that seems to happen to me all the time. <laughs> um, but they are saying, at least at the beginning right now, the two that don't get uh, voted on, you'll probably get a discount. Yeah, which on. is cool. Uh, at least in the first iteration, I think it's a great idea, man. I mean, I think I think as long as they're, you know, again, we talked about this last week, and we are going to talk about this a little bit later in the show about this month in particular. But, um, y- you know, Sony, as we talked about last week, has, has been doing uh, a great job with really fostering games for this. Uh, Rocket League is still uh, mostly what I've been playing this last yep. week. And um, uh, and I think this is great. If they, as long as they continue to do that and they're uh, just having people vote on one of the two or three games that come for free, um, uh, I, I think it's a fantastic idea. It gets people involved. It lets them feel like they have a choice, and, and, and it, lets, it lets the customers say, you know, this is what we want. I think it's fantastic. I think it's a, a win-win-win. I think it's going to be a, a little challenging for the developers. Um, I don't know how that's structured. Obviously, they don't talk about how that's structured on the back yeah. end. So, they, you know, what's they would their, have what to is, have had permission from the, de- the devs ahead of time. They would have to have had some kind of deal in place ahead of time. Before they before they do this, or they'll get themselves in a situation where somebody votes for something that Sony can't put the deal together to make available for free. Right. I mean, I'm I'm assuming that there'll be something along the lines of if you get voted as the the community choice of the month, you know, you get two hundred thousand dollar payment from us. Yeah. If you don't get voted as a community choice of the month, you will discount your product by twenty five percent, and you'll get a hundred thousand dollars from like us that. or something. Yeah. Uh, is my assumption of how that works, and so certainly it's going to create. I'm sh- I'm guessing anxiety from the uh, uh, from the developers, but I, I think it's a great I'd, idea, I'd like man. I don't that. I don't see a downside. We to ought it. To, we ought to try to get somebody on who's had a game go free on the uh, on the the PlayStation Plus well, promotion. We, can, uh, we don't have to ask some specific numbers, but I would just love to ask their opinion on what did they think about the process. You know, were they happy with how it turned out, and you know those kinds of things. Well, we happen to have our own resident uh, outlaw who's developed one of the best games of 2014. That's true. We ought to talk to James. We ought to get him back on the yeah, show. Yeah, that's right. He, their, Ether One was, uh, was a PlayStation Plus so game. So anyway, and just, to, just for clarification, the way that this is going to work is you're going to vote, like in the month of August, you're going to vote on the games for September, and yes, it's going to be you know like, like a month lead out or whatever. So 
Uh, and as Lauren said, uh, the the runner up game gets uh, gets discounted for, uh, but only for PS Plus members. Important to important to know. So anyway, uh, everybody's gone to the Rapture, Lauren, except you and I. What does that say about us? I actually, Brent, went to the Rapture about forty five minutes oh, ago. You pre ordered it, didn't you? <laughs> now wait a minute. Oh, Do not judge Lauren. me. Do not judge me. Now wait a minute. Everybody, the entire audience is like, "Are you fucking Listen, kidding Lawrence, me?" The, you just said like two weeks ago you weren't going to pre-order and I anymore. Are here, Lauren, because we love you. This is a safe because space. you have a problem. <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. no no so listen to me just listen to me brent god damn right. it first of all it's important that you know that i can stop anytime <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> secondly it's not like i need to pre-order i just do it <laughs> just because, because i want, I want to. to i uh i did pre-order this game uh it's 20 percent off on playstation it's a playstation exclusive uh and i pre-ordered this game i chose to pre-order this game because i specifically i want to give this company my money to support the fact that they're making games like this right. i don't care if it's a good game uh I, i'm i'm not concerned based on uh, what I saw with Dear Esther. I'm not concerned about it coming out um, in a disheveled state, or if it does, I'm confident they will handle it, and maybe they won't. I literally want to give them my money if I never play this game to support their making a game like this. And um, and I think I'm going to like well, it. Well, uh, certainly the, the trailer that we're showing here, which is the launch trailer for, for wow. everybody has gone yeah. to the rapture, is very evocative. And it, it's, it's interesting in that there is this kind of genre of game that is emerging. And I don't know if it's because it's, it's somewhat easier to do. Uh, maybe that's part of it, but I was thinking of, you know, you mentioned dear Esther. I was thinking about, uh, ether one, which, which we just mentioned a moment ago and, and other games in which there really is not any characters, there really are not any characters in the game other than yourself. You're kind of moving through an empty world uh, for one reason or another and, and interacting with that world. And in the case of Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, it seems like these two characters that we hear speaking on the radio to each other, have they've meddled with science, and science bit back. Uh, but it, it is very interesting to see that kind of genre of game coming up, and I have to imagine it's easier from the standpoint of not having to model and animate characters but it also creates a very, I don't know, it creates tension. I think because we're such social animals, because we, we thrive on social interaction so much, and when you put us in a situation where there are no other people to interact with, it immediately creates this kind of evocative feeling of, uh, of being alone and anxiety and all that. And, uh, and the, the kinds of games that, that use that typically do so to great effect and then at the same time games like journey that sort of do that but then play against it by giving you one other person to sort of interact with and to and to make that journey ha 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 with it, it also <laughs> i mean that, i think that's the reason like the reason that that mechanic works so well in journey is because of the fact that you do start out alone and then you come across somebody else and you're like hey i'm no longer alone and it it draws you to each other. I I, I don't disagree with that. I, you know, I don't know. We don't know sort of how this is going to play out uh, in terms of in terms of character involved. Everybody's gone to the rapture. I'm excited for it. I thought the trailer was fantastic. I love that uh, companies are making games like this. I, I want to show my support for these types of games. I want to show my support to Sony. 
that we like these types of games and we want them to continue to be made and and uh, it's just a scant week away and 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 I have a problem. Uh, no, you don't, Lauren, uh, I, because I'm in exactly the same boat as you. It's just that I want to show my support for companies like Jägermeister. <laughs> Therefore, you've pre-ordered the new Jägermeister I t- I you, flavor. I'll tell you what, if I, if I could pre-order scotch or, or Irish whiskey. What does that mean? Does that mean you like around year seven, you buy it, waiting for when it's going to turn 12? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And we're back in the clubhouse, Brent. Before we sit down and have a discussion yeah. about Gamescom 2015, would you like to enlighten us as to how as to how the poll played out last uh, week? Yeah, so we were talking about uh, PS Plus. We were talking about the importance of the free games in PlayStation Plus's online strategy and how that has uh, has distinguished them originally from Xbox Live and how that competition is going. We asked, how important to you are free games as part of a console's online service? Here's how the vote shook out. With 14% in third place, you say, I barely pay attention to it. 26% of you said, it's the most important single feature for me. But the overwhelming majority, with 60%, said it's fine when the games are actually good. Lauren would accuse you of picking the middle-of-the-road answer, but you must be immune to his disdain. God, just an audience of moderates. Take a side, people. <laughs> that's right, because that's been working out so well recently. What's interesting, though, to me, Brent, is that if, if you look at those um, lists, the people that barely pay attention to it is actually a fairly small yeah. number. Um, which says to me, you know, when you wrote, it's fine when the games are actually good. That's, that's not a, a strong, strong statement, but I do think people pay attention to it. And I think as they get better, and we're going to talk about it again later, um, that it can have an impact. If, if, and, I, and I think that uh, the fact that they're compelling each other to actually not just put old games on there, but to actually support and to help develop new experiences that they intend to be part of that package, I think is, is just good for the consumer all the way around. I agree. I, I, think that it's, I think that it also distinguishes them somewhat from something like, say, the Steam Summer Sale, which you mentioned earlier. And the Steam Summer Sale is great. It's always a lot of fun. But... The, 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 those games that fall into that category of you can get some really amazing titles and a lot of them for a really small amount of money, it's catalog titles. It's games that have been out for years where you really are going to see the savings and the benefit of something like the Steam Summer Sale. And I think that one of the distinguishing things about PS Plus uh, and the free games with that, as we're going to discuss, is that oftentimes you see very, very recent games. That's not to say that they're brand new, but games that have come out recently enough, it's things that, oh, I really ought to play that. Nah, I forgot about it, and a few months go by, and wow, now it's free on PlayStation Plus. Yep. Uh, I, I think I really do. I, I think this aspect of the service is fantastic. I love it. I've discovered little gems because of it. Uh, certain games, like, again, Ether One, Rocket League, getting their launch under this program, I think is just fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. I'd be curious, actually, again, to talk to James. And James is listening to this going, guys, I'll come on, for God's That's sake. Right. Just, just call just me. email us, James. Um, we'll set it up. But I'd be curious to know what their, like, what their playership numbers were uh, on PC and then what it looked like when it was the PS Plus game. Uh, I agree. Yeah, that'd be very interesting to know. All right. Indeed, it so would. So let's talk a little bit about Gamescom. Of course, we, we mentioned at the top of the show, Gamescom's coming up this weekend in Cologne, Germany. Yes, it is. And, uh, of course, I think we all anticipate that there's going to be some excellent stuff shown off there, some some news and some reveals and all kinds of goodness. Uh, Lauren, why don't you go ahead and just uh, set up what we're going to talk about today. Gamescom. 
Oh, no way. <laughs> anyway. That's, it's, you know, never Useless. Uh, so, yes, as you mentioned, Grant, of course, Gamescom is uh, in Cologne from the 6th to the 9th for the public this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, we are uh, expecting to see some interesting things here, although, as the first article in our list of articles points out, Brent, uh, it is a scant six and a half weeks after the end of E3 2015, uh, right. which is, I guess, uh, apparently E3 was a week later this year. I don't tend to notice those things. but um, And so it hasn't been that long since E3, but there is an interesting dynamic going here uh, in that um, Sony is not coming to Gamescom. Now, that does not mean that there's not going to be any PlayStation games. It just means they're not doing a press conference. They're not doing a press conference. Um, Microsoft, however, is fresh on the heels of launch of their launch of, uh, oh, oh, I was going to say OS X, <laughs> of, uh, of uh, Windows 10, uh, uh, in which uh, their new operating system that has a lot of very close ties to the Xbox. Uh, and they're also going to be showcasing a not insignificant amount of some of the uh, really sort of bigger Xbox games to come, uh, Xbox exclusive games that are coming up over the course of the next, you know, anywhere from 9 to 18 months, including games like uh, Crackdown, Quantum Break, Scalebound, I think, is going to be making uh, its first real appearance since E3 2014. Um, yeah. They're, of, close co- of course, going to be talking about their very timed exclusive, uh, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, which we recently found out is, uh, ha- is a huge timed exclusive on the order of almost a year, I think. Right, Brent? Yeah, um, that's what I heard. Uh, they're certainly going to be talking about that. Um, you know, DirectX 12 is going to be out there. And so, so um, while Sony is going to be there, they're not doing a press conference. Microsoft, it feels like, is going to have a huge presence there, yeah. uh, which I think is very, very interesting. They did just announce uh, leading up to... Uh, leading up to this show, they just announced that all the Gears of War discs uh, games will be backwards compatible uh, on Xbox One, which I think, you know, that's obviously a huge franchise. Yeah, uh, I mean, if, if there was one thing that they were going to do with this whole backwards compatibility initiative, it's Halo and Gears. Yeah, it's getting those on there. And so having the entire Gears franchise, that's that's a smart. Indeed, a smart as way. well as if you buy the Gears Ultimate uh, edition, the Gears, is it the Gears 4 Ultimate Edition? Um, if you if you buy the Gears of War Ultimate Edition and play online between August 25th and December 31st this year, then you unlock the Gears of War backwards compatible bundle, and then you also get access to the uh, Gears of War 4 beta, which is uh, spring next year. Indeed. And so... Um, it is. Uh, it was very smart of them. So they're going to have a huge presence here at Gamescom, Brent. And so I think that is a, a very, very big deal. Uh, and then, of course, you know, there's also, hopefully, I'm hopeful. So, I mean, I can just talk about the things that I'm really hopeful for. Uh, yeah. I would like to see Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I want to. That, that's the the PlayStation exclusive from Gorilla, or uh, yeah, from Gorilla, who previously worked on Killzone. Yeah, for, former makers of Killzone. One, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. Um, uh-huh. There are more kill zone games than I realize. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I'm really hopeful we're going to see more of Star Wars Battlefront. I'm really hopeful we're going to see more of the new Mirror's Edge game. Um, yeah. The uh, you know there's so so there's several games that I want to see. I'm also particularly as you would this come I'm sure this will come as no shock to you, Brent. Very excited about uh, perhaps seeing more from VR. 
Uh, yeah, I agree with that 100%. This is sort of the the, the big... I mean, so this was interesting, Brent. I don't know if you knew this. This is a little bit of an aside, but when you were reading the first article in this, and they, they talked about the number of attendees at E3 versus Gamescom. Did you read that piece of it? Yeah, well, I mean, Gamescom's open to the public, so, I mean, it's like they're expecting... Or, or no, like, what, what was the number last year? Like 335,000 or something like that? It, well, this is this is what they said. Yeah, three hundred thirty-five thousand in twenty fourteen compared to E 48,000. Now but again, E three is an industry only event. Absolutely, and I knew that. I don't think I knew the disparity was that great. Yeah, um, well, I, like I mean, that's the thing. I mean, to me, you, you'd be better off comparing this to something like I don't know, like PAX or something like that. You know, that's open to the public. I, I, I think that the numbers between those two events would be more. Comparable. Probably more comparable. Yeah. Again, I just I didn't realize personally that the numbers. I knew they would be disparate. I didn't know they would be that far apart. Right. Um, so this is this is um, arguably potentially, depending on the release date, the last big big show uh, before some of the VR players come out. Now, theoretically, as far as I know, the Vive is supposed to still come out this fall. Uh, nobody thinks that's going to actually happen, but that's what yeah. they say. Uh, and and uh, Oculus is supposed to come out in Q1 of 2016, which could be as early as January. Well, and the thing about the Vive is that what games are we going to be playing on that? You know, like Oculus has the Oculus Talk games you know, during their their E3 press event, and I I'm kind of at the point where I feel like we've talked about the technology. Everybody kind of understands the importance of refresh rates and resolution and cutting down on on the lag that'll make you seasick and you know like it feels like we're kind of like past all that stuff we're down to the point now games are the thing that are, is really going to sell vr and i'm i'm kind of with you i'm very curious to know if if at gamescom we see even more vr games being shown off as as we get closer and closer cuz i i mean that at that point or at this point that is the thing that I, as somebody very interested in VR, that's what I want more of. I mean, I want more and more people coming out of these shows saying, I played X and such on VR, and it's changed my life forever. I, I don't disagree with that. And this is what the author of, of again, the Wired article we're linking to, Matt Common, uh, this, is, this is what he alludes to, is that uh, his belief is that we're going to see more of the actual software yeah. Uh, at Gamescom, which is uh, perhaps Suits the me. most intriguing thing to me. Exactly. Uh, what me. about you, Brent? Are there specific things that you're looking forward to seeing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take uh, I'll take anything I can get on uh, Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. Yeah. I, I am very very excited about that. I echo what you were saying about Horizon Zero Dawn. We saw that that brief gameplay trailer at E3. Definitely an interesting looking game, and I, I'm I, I'm very curious to see anything else they want to show off there. One thing that I, I was kind of interested in, but that we didn't see anything of at E3, and I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if we'll see anything at the Gamescom either. But is this new Hitman game? I'm really curious to see what some of the concepts and mechanics they've talked about actually translates into uh, for gameplay. I, I'm, I'm very, very curious to, to see something substantive from this this new Hitman game. Indeed. Um, I tell you one thing that uh, well, and I guess you you mentioned uh, you mentioned the new Mirror's Edge. Uh, did you talk about Mass Effect? I did not. Mass Effect Andromeda. You know, I'm I'm down for for whatever that's going to be. Uh, I'm I'm very curious to see where they steer the Mass Effect series now that the uh, I guess the Shepard trilogy is over. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront. 
That game's coming out in, what, November? It's weird because I feel like there's been this little bit of a drought, and I keep thinking to myself, like, oh, there's not, there's not that much coming up, there's not that much coming up, and suddenly as we start to approach it, I feel like, oh, wait a minute, there's Just Cause 3, oh, there's Star Wars Battlefront, there's MGS5. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very excited about Until Dawn. I keep forgetting about these games, and so I, I do think that comes out in November. That's, that, that is damn sure one I'm waiting for the launch on, though. Yeah, I, I, I'm very, very curious to, to, to see them show off Battlefront. I'm curious if we'll see... Uh, I'm curious if they'll, they'll reveal like maybe any new environments. Like we, you know, we kind of saw the Tatooine esque environment, the Hoth esque environment. You know, I'm curious if they're going to show off some of the other, some of the other places. Do a big reveal that way, and then the, the game, the other game that we mentioned uh, earlier in the show that we're going to actually be finding out something about this week is Mafia Three, and I'm I'm really curious about Mafia Three. Uh, I'm I'm anxious to see what they do with the series at this point, and. Perhaps uh, that's something that they're going to reveal now and then have a little bit more of a presence at, uh, at Gamescom. Maybe we'll see some, some demo footage or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I also am very, very curious about that one. That was high on my list as well. I was a big fan of Mafia too. So what I think I'm, I'm perhaps most curious about, Brent, is, is what we will be talking about next week. You know, you and I were talking as we right. prepped the show. Uh, I'm curious to see next week if we just mentioned sort of a couple trailers at the top of the show as we're talking about uh, uh, different stories in the garage, or if there will actually be enough content coming out of Gamescom uh, for us to talk about it in the clubhouse. I'm actually very curious to see, um, you know, sort of, sort of how Gamecoms plays out, if it ends up, being, ends up being a big deal this year or not. Yeah, I am too. And the, the thing about it is, I think it really is all just down to, it's all just down to what the companies choose they're going to let go of at Gamescom. Sony, probably not going to be making any big reveals. Like The only things that we'll probably see from Sony are things that we've already known about to one degree or another. Microsoft, on the other hand, because they, they do have this momentum behind them right now, because they are obviously very hungry and trying very hard to reclaim the top spot, you know, it might behoove them to, uh, to, to try and, and lay some pretty big news out with their Gamescom presence. And uh, I, I think that, obviously, given the fact that traditionally the Xbox does not sell as well in Europe as the PlayStation has... Uh, that's a territory where they've got everything to gain there. They, they got absolutely nothing to lose from pulling out all the stops. So I'm very curious as well to see if there are any kind of clear winners, losers, if there's any kind of unexpected surprises. Anyway, right. those <laughs> as opposed to those expected <laughs> surprises. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, but anyway, I, I am curious if there are, if there are any, Big surprises that uh, that kind of take us off guard and end up becoming the real news of the show. Yeah, indeed. And you know what? I really would like for our listeners, I know we have a lot of listeners over in Europe, if you head over to Gamescom, please come back into the show notes and, and uh, share your experiences with us. We want to hear your comments. I'm sure we will be talking about it next week uh, in one form or another. And we want to hear what your experiences are because, God damn it, we don't get to go. All right, guys, it's time to head out on the road. Brent, uh, we, we only got a couple of games this week. Uh, that's and fine. I, because... I hate to disappoint the listeners, but they're the same games we talked about last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are in a bit of a lull right now. Uh, we're waiting on some, some hot stuff to come out. We're waiting on Batman Arkham Knight to get fixed. and uh, Everyone's hey, gone to the Rapture next week. That might happen this month. You never know. But, uh, yeah, for right now, uh, I still maintain my vigilance over my, my dwellers in Fallout Shelter. Uh, my second vault has now surpassed my first vault, I think. Uh, I'm up to, like, 152 dwellers now. 
So I when this officially... shit actually launches on Android, can I send my dwellers over to your vault to attack your fucking dwellers? No, but God, that would be awesome. Because frankly, like the, the anal nature with which you've constructed your, your shelter, you would just like to see it torn asunder, really rubs me the wrong way. And I would like to come over there and just just mess shit up. Well, you know, actually, that's kind of interesting because they could do something along the lines of like Star Wars Battlefront, where you have like your kind of base building part of the game, which is Battlefront or Star, Star Wars shelter. Commander. Uh, excuse me, Star Wars Commander. Pardon yeah, yeah, me. yeah. yeah. Uh, Star Wars Commander, and and then uh, you've got your base building part of the game, which is what we know right now to be Fallout Shelter. But it it would be interesting, you know, because you have to like go out and you have to acquire weapons and you have to scavenge for uniforms, which of course upgrade stats and things like that. And it would be very interesting if if they did introduce a mechanic into the game where you could send dwellers out to raid. Uh, other other camps and things like that, but it, it I, I guess I I don't think that it meshes with their sort of philosophy of the game being available to you offline, which is awesome in one sense. I mean, I I really dig the fact that it's not dependent on an internet connection, and there have been a couple of times where I've played Fallout Shelter where I didn't have access to an internet connection, so I've benefited from that. However, there are times when I really wish that. I could hand my iPad to Zeely so that she could play some of her alphabet games and things like that and 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 let let her do that and let her keep herself quiet and occupied and I could pull out my iPhone and I could check in on my vault and see how it's going and, and I can I can play Fallout Shelter on my phone I can create a vault there but they don't synchronize across devices because again not dependent on an internet oh, connection yeah that never yeah. so you know that that's one of those things that like you're you're getting something, but you are definitely giving something up. And you know, like if I play Star Wars Commander, I can do that. You know, if I log into Star Wars Commander on my phone or my iPad or whatever, you know, it's it's my game, and I can check in on it from any device, and that, that's convenient. But there's times when I definitely wish I could do that. That is, you know, I had never thought about that. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, other than that, uh, my survival in the wastelands going just fine. Uh, if Lauren Baumgarten has his way. That will change. So just remember. <laughs> That's a true story. If you um, are right. trying to survive the nuclear holocaust, Lauren hates you. That's right. Um, the next game up, Brent, I, I'm hoping you're going to tell me you played this week. Yeah, I played Rocket League, son. Yeah. yeah how, how did it go? Dude, it's fucking awesome. You know, huh? uh, my in-laws were visiting over the weekend, and um, I showed them I showed them those segments on Top Gear, the ones I mentioned to you, where they played car football. The The first one was with the uh, the Toyota Igo. Ostensibly, it was to find out whether or not the Igo was a really good town car. You know, like like it was it was it nimble and swift and able to brake and accelerate and and do all those those things that you need to do with a, with a tiny car in a big city. And so, in order to ascertain that, they played football five on five with uh, Toyota Igos, and then later on, uh, they they did Igo versus the VW Fox, and then I can't remember what the other match was now. But anyway, the point is that I went and watched those, and I can't tell you how it's re-energized me. Uh, for for Rocket League, I'm just I, like I'm so happy that somebody made this game. Like it's a game that needed to happen, and uh, and, and has now. It is. It's great. It's fantastic. It is tons of fun. Uh, are you any good at it? Nah, I wish I, I wish I could say yes, but no, I'm not. I'm not really that good at it. <laughs> uh, I also I, played. This, I struggle. This literally is the only game I played this week. Uh, are you had, any good at it? 
Uh, you know, I keep going back and forth because I've been, so I actually started doing like, you know, I started watching some Let's Play videos and some tutorials. And, oh, so you started getting serious. So I started looking at like camera settings. Um, I, I don't yeah. know if you uh, remember this. Do you, brand, do, the follow, do you do the follow the ball camera where the camera just always is on the ball? So when I last spoke to you, I only did the follow the ball camera. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I learned that, you, that you, that's not a successful way at the, to play at the highest levels. And so um, I started learning not to, and I switched back and forth between, I primarily play with the, with the camera off now yeah um and i switch it to the ball cam camera if i'm feeling disoriented in front of your car and you you could meaning that the camera is facing the front of your car and you can pan it around if you want to but it's going to default to just always facing ahead of your car right and so i only switch over to the ball cam where it's fixed on the on the ball if i am turned around and don't know where the ball is right um but mostly i play with it or if the ball is really 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 high above me um, I will switch to the ball cam so I can watch it coming down. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I, I pretty much play with it um, focused on the front of the car. Uh, I've also started playing with the camera. And, and you know, you can really raise up the, the angle of the camera, or lower it down so it's further behind your car. You can actually, the default field of view is 90 degrees, I believe. You can extend that to like 110, yeah. uh, which gives you a lot wider view of the field, but it makes everything look further away. Um, and so I've been playing with that. And so I kind of go back and forth between being, um, as I play with the camera settings, you know, misjudging jumps and stuff like that. Cause I feel like the ball is closer than it is or whatever. Um, so I have some, like, sometimes I play and I, and I just play out of my head and I'm just doing some amazing shit. And sometimes I play and I feel like I can't hit, can't even hit one ball the whole game. Yeah. Um, but I love it. I, I absolutely love it. And I love that I can play it for 20 minutes. I love that when I do get on to play it for 20 minutes, I end up playing it for two hours uh, and don't even notice it. Uh, I, I just I just think it's a tremendously fun game. And I would like, I seriously would like, so the equivalent of like an NVIDIA Shield, but that's just Rocket League. <laughs> I, I would like a game console that does nothing but Rocket League. No, I mean it's like it's like the old days when you used to buy like the the handheld football game and you stuff like, like that, like the tiger like the tiger football games. Yeah, I mean, so you pay, so I pay like thirty five, forty, fifty bucks for a handheld device that just lets me play Rocket League. So I always have Rocket League with me, I'm, but I'm not, not a not shitty sure. like my phone. I want tactile like nubs to control and. You know, this this seems like it'd be a prime candidate for uh, porting to the uh, the PS Vita. Uh, absolutely, I, wonder, I think it I would absolutely. Have, I wonder if they have any any thoughts or, or designs maybe on uh, doing something like that. I did get the chance to play with some of the Outlaw crew. Uh, it was tons of fun. Um, really, just lo- loving that game, and I'm so excited that you're playing it, Brent. I want you to keep playing it, and I want to have a, a, a game session where we play together. Yeah, we, I totally want to do that as well. Uh, although you'll you'll be infinitely better than I am at this point. But uh, excellent. Well, if you can just get rid of your daughter for a day or two. <laughs> yeah, probably probably not. She's she's kind of in that phase where she needs to eat and and poop and uh, she needs help with these things. So not so much. You know what, Brent? You know what? It it, it was not like this between us before she was born, and ever since That's she's right. been here. So uncommitted since your child came along. All right, so let's head into the sunset, Brent. I've got we just got a couple last things to talk about. So for mine, Brent, I just uh, and we talked about this earlier in the show, but I really wanted to call it out separately, and that is the pre- PS Plus games. 
uh, for August uh, this year. Uh, they are, at the time of this recording, they are live and available. Uh, the ones for the, they all look fantastic. The ones for the PS4, what stood out for me, because that's obviously the console I have, and they're just incredible games this week, So or this month. We have Laura Croft and the Temple of Osiris, which I've never oh, played. This is I'm the, so excited about that. The second, did you play this? I can't remember. I haven't played it yet. No, th- th- this is the follow-up to uh, Laura Croft and the Guardian of Light, which I loved, one of my favorite games. That's absolutely right, and I'm so, I'm very excited about that. Limbo, which is, I have played, but is a fantastic game. It's the yeah. one game out of these. There's four games this month for PS4. Um, Sound Shapes, which was a game that I think originally was on the PS Vita. Um, it's supposed to be a fantastic game and just not one that ever grabbed me enough to actually make the purchase. I'm super excited to get to try it. Um, for free. And then also Stealth Inc. 2, a game of clones. Oh, man, um, that looks so fun. Which I haven't played either of the Stealth Inc. games, but I've heard nothing but good things about the Stealth Inc. games as well, and so I'm really excited to get a chance to try those as well. So I just just a phenomenal lineup in the August games for PS4, uh, and I just I felt like it deserved its own shout-out. You guys should go check it out. If you have the PS4, make sure you add these games to your library so you can, either, so you can download them later. Yep, I'm I'm on it right now. Actually, you, if you want to just keep talking, I'm just gonna go ahead and finish shopping here. For Brent's uh, uh, into the sunset, uh, he really wants to give a shout out to his co-host, <laughs> Mister. I can't talk long enough for Brent to order all the new PlayStation Plus free games. <laughs> what, a, what a great pal he is. Uh, my into the sunset this week is going to be on the PlayStation blog. Actually, it's a, an article by Alex Wiltshire from Hello Games. And it's titled 41 Amazing Things About No Man's Sky. And it's sort of a, it's almost an FAQ for questions that you might not think to ask. So as an example, they talk about uh, the universe isn't actually infinite. Computers can't do infinity very well. But there are 18,446 quadrillion planets in the universe. If you visited each one for a single second, it would take you 585 billion years to see them all. So not infinite. <laughs> technically, technically not technically infinite. Not infinite, but uh, for all intents and purposes, infinite. Um, planets have day and night cycles. The closer a planet is to a star, the more barren it is. The farther away it is, the more cold it is. And if it's in that Goldilocks zone, which we hear so much about these days, uh, it will be... It will it will have a greater likelihood of having plant and animal life. There's just all kinds of really interesting things about combat, about the way that the economy works, the, the way that exploration is designed to work, music, all of that stuff. It's just a really, really interesting bullet list of things that are noteworthy about No Man's Sky. And if you are interested in this game, as Lauren and I certainly are, it's worth a couple minutes to just scroll through here. Some of these things you're going to know, some of these things you probably aren't going to know, but they're all very, very interesting. Yeah, I think this is really interesting too, Brent. I'm excited to read through it. One of the things that I thought was interesting is it says that the universe isn't stored on your hard disk or on a server somewhere. Yeah, it's generated. The world around you is generated by your PS4 at the point you visit it. Leave it, and it's all thrown away. And if you return, it is generated again exactly as it was. Also means the game will be completely playable offline. Because it's just math, baby. That's all it is. Yeah, it's, it's very cool stuff here. I'm very excited to dig into it and read it. As am I. Excellent. All right. With that, Brent, we're going to call it a show. Another one in the can. As usual, we want to hear what you guys, the listeners, have to say about everything we talked about, whether it's No Man's Sky, PS Plus games for August, Rocket League, Fallout Shelter, 
Gamescom and what you're excited for, what uh, your experience is, uh, or everybody's gone to the rapture. The fact that you get to vote for the PS Plus games coming to PS Plus members, Just Cause 3, only good things, please, and Metal Gear Solid 5. We want to hear what your thoughts are on that and anything else to do with gaming or the world of gaming. As usual, he is Brent Adams. I am Lauren Baumgarten. And remember, you don't stop playing because you get old. You get old because you stop playing. 